This may sound odd, but every time I get ready to run in the Pittsburgh Marathon or the Saluki Kickoff 5K, my thoughts wander to former Cardinals outfielder Harry the Hat Walker because of the war he waged against baseball caps. Walker began his career with the Cardinals in 1940 and played on three pennant-winning teams and two World Series champions until he was traded to the Phillies during the 1947 season. His most famous moment with the Cardinals came in the seventh and deciding game of the 1946 World Series when Country Slaughter made his famous mad dash home from first base on a Walker base hit and scored the winning run. Walker ended his playing days with the Cardinals in the early 1950s and managed them briefly in 1955. One of the best hitting coaches in baseball history, he went on to manage the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 1960s. With Roberto Clemente and Willie Stargell leading the way, Walker's hard-hitting pirate teams became known as the Lumber Company, though they never won a pennant. Harry Walker was the brother of the Brooklyn Dodgers' Dixie Walker. They made baseball history when they became the only brothers to win Major League batting titles. Mississippi natives, they also made a more dubious history as brothers when they were traded within a year after opposing Jackie Robinson's integration of baseball. For all of Harry Walker's distinctions in baseball, it's his nickname that brings him to mind when I prepare for a running event. He became known as Harry the Hat because he kept fidgeting with his ball cap every time he came up to bat. During the season, he'd wear out several baseball caps and the patience of opposing pitchers with his antics. When I was playing baseball, I never felt comfortable in a baseball cap and looked for every opportunity not to wear one. I had no choice in Little League, High School, and Sandlot games, but I never wore a cap in pickup games. When I ended up playing in softball leagues and found out that the rules simply stated that a ball cap had to be a part of my uniform, I took the rule literally and stuffed my cap into a back pocket. I didn't wear a cap again until I came home with a sore head after playing softball Saturday with my SIU English department buddies. When I complained to my wife Anita, she gently broke the news that I was losing my hair and needed to wear a ball cap as protection against the sun. My ball playing days are long over, but not my hair loss, so I've taken to wearing a ball cap when I go jogging. My dilemma, especially when I run in long distance events, is deciding what cap to wear out of the multitude that I've accumulated over holidays and birthdays past, including a Pete the Cat cap. At this year's Pittsburgh Marathon, I decided to honor the Pirates' 1971 World Series champions by wearing the mustard-colored cap made famous by that team, but things didn't work out so well. As I approached the finish line, someone yelled out, Nice hat, old man. But when I turned to wave, I stumbled, landed headfirst just a few feet from the finish line, and had to be pushed across in a wheelchair. I decided to risk it and wore the same cap at this year's Saluki Kickoff 5K to honor the Pirates' first winning season in 20 years. To my wife Anita's relief, I managed to cross the finish line in an upright position. After I'd run in my first Pittsburgh Marathon at the age of 71, I declared that I would run in the marathon every year until the Pirates won the World Series. The oldest marathon runner just retired at the age of 101, so if need be, I'm good for at least another two decades. I've also decided, beginning with next year's Saluki 5K, to wear a Cubs cap until baseball's lovable losers win another World Series. When I told Anita, she just shook her head and reminded me that nobody lives forever. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.